Throw it up, throw it up. Watch it all fall out. Throw it up, throw it up. That's how we ball out. Throw it up, throw it up. Watch it all fall out. Throw it up, throw it up. That's how we ball out. Strip clubs and dollar bills. Still got my money. Patron shots, gonna get a refill. Oh, that's disgusting. Welcome back. You are listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast. We've got Mikey in the studio. Mate, it is good to see you as always. How are you? Full noise, mate. Full noise. We're fired up. It is 2pm on a Sunday, the 15th of January. How's the start to the year been so far, mate? All good? Yeah, well, the reason I was late is because I just came from a meeting in Albany. Sunday meetings. Sunday meetings. This but, is the Lord's Day, mate. I know, but I was fishing yesterday, so I was fishing. Oh, you had your day off? Had my day off, mate, and um, actually was up early this morning filleting some fish, so I actually had some for you, but I left it at home, mate. Oh, damn it. <laughs> well, we'll hold you to that. What sort of fish is it? Snapper. Oh, you beauty. Yeah. Mate, what is that? That'd nice be worth stuff. a fair bit per kilo at the moment, oh, wouldn't it's like it? gold, mate. It's like 50 bucks a kilo or something. Yeah, yeah. I might get that and sell it on Marketplace. Yeah. <laughs> Nah, Taz uh, loves a bit of fish. Usually blue cod, I think, goes down well in the mm, household. Lovely but stuff. Don't mind a bit of snapper. Hey, before we start, mate, and get into a very, very important topic, I would like to ask, if you haven't already given this a review on Spotify or Apple, please do so. We are slowly creeping up in terms of the reviews. There's 462 of them done. And someone actually messaged me the other day and said, I can't believe I have never heard of this podcast given how many good reviews it has. I think, like... By the time people listen to this podcast, got to be over 500, right? It'd be great to get to 1,000, wouldn't it? Yeah. And if awesome. we can do that, and even subscribe, because that's going to tell, because we're going into a year where more and more people are going to create podcasts, and so people's attention is going to get pulled in different directions. 90% of them are going to suck. Uh, 97% of them will never get past 20 episodes. We're at hundreds, probably yeah, hundreds. honing in on 300, probably blitz through 20 before... I must count up because I must be closing in on fifty or something. Yeah, mate, you've really uh, yeah. yeah, you've you've featured and yeah. you've you've been enjoying it. The people are enjoying you, so that's good. <laughs> so if you haven't subscribed or given it a review, please take five seconds to do that because that means that the platforms are then going to show this and suggest this to more people that could be uh, benefiting and learning from this content. Now. We're going to get into today's lesson, and I stumbled across this article, and it's a very interesting article, and I thought I would read it to Mikey. Mikey has no idea about it, and we're going to discuss it as we go, and then at the end, it is quite a lengthy article, but the article is called, Is Being Wealthy Just a Matter of Mindset? Now, yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> so someone says changing your mindset can make a big difference. I'm not going to tell you who the person is, because I feel like if I tell you who the person is, and... Uh, a bit about their background, then you're then going to have a lens on the world of, oh yeah, all good and well for them because they've got to that position or whatever. So let's strip out who's saying it and just look at what they're saying. And this is a really important topic because I got taught a while ago, focus on the message, not the messenger. I put up a story on Instagram the other week about from Piers Morgan, I think it is, and it was about how 
there's too much participation and whatnot these days and we're setting up our kids to fail and they can't ha- handle it when they actually go into the real world and fail. I got this massive message from someone saying he's such a privileged, you know, he's just revealing his privilege of that and I said, wow, and this massive message, I said, please help me understand what you mean by that and it was all about him and whatnot. I said, I think you've picked it, the messenger <laughs> rather than the message. So can you understand, because their view of what he was talking about was nothing to do with what he was even explaining. Yeah, and I think... Um, she said, I'll oh, Google him and you'll see how privileged he is. I'm like, fuck, I don't even... Like, I'm not going to waste my life doing that. If you want to have a better year this year, ban privilege from your own vocab. Oh, that's very good, mate. I like that. Clip that shit out. Gee, we should be in the <laughs> Attention Seeker studio. Okay, here's the article. Uh, Rightio. This difference can be a result of a variety of factors, including upbringing, education, and life experiences. This i.e. the outcomes that we end up with. One of the most significant distinctions between the poor, the middle class, and wealthy is their respective mindsets. Now, interject here, I don't know the difference between poor, middle class, and wealthy, but maybe the article will go on and teach us about that or who determines what those three things are. But he's he, this person, he, they, them, is uh, breaking it down into three categories, poor, middle class, and wealthy. The way in which each group views the world, their goals and their aspirations can vary greatly and these oh, can vary greatly, and these differences can have a significant impact on their overall well-being and success. He said money was a constant source of stress and anxiety for many poor people. Mm-hmm. Agree. They may view money as a necessity that is difficult to come by and may struggle to make ends meet. They may also have less knowledge or access to financial resources and services that would help them to manage their finances more effectively. Sounds pretty uh. Yeah, the internet's pretty special these days. If you've yep. got desire to go and find some information, you can find it, but yep. In this case, poverty can also lead to a kind of survival mindset when it comes to money, where the goal is just to make it through the next day, week or month, and not to accumulate money for future or even just for leisure, he said. Yeah, I believe that. Now, that's <clears throat> I, that's a really interesting point because Simon Sinek, the start with why type guy, who's massively popular on the old internet, mm-hmm has got a video about how a homeless person will basically only busk till they get what they need to get them through to then the next day. So they'll busk until the end of necessity and someone said to them, well, help them make more money and do it faster. And basically, say they made $100 in a day, this person taught them how to make 100 bucks by lunchtime. And they left at lunchtime and said, where are you going? said, well, I'm done for the day. said, well, why don't you stay for the whole day and then... You can have more from life. You have 200 Yeah, the other half of the day. No, no, no. Don't need to do that. Mm. So that's really interesting um, because I think people do that shit without knowing. And I heard something interesting on the way down here today. The reason, if you're in a hundred or $150,000 job, the reason you don't get paid two hundred dollars or $250,000 is you don't know how to yet. I'm like, wow, that's a really simple way to look at it. Of course. So you don't have that role, yeah. yet that pays that because you don't know how to get it. But if you could, you probably would go and get it, most yeah. people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Everyone would take an extra 100 grand on top of their top yeah. line. <laughs> so it goes on to say, the poor also have to have a scarcity mindset where they see the world as a place of limited resources and opportunities. This can lead them to believe that their chances of success are slim and they may feel that they have little control over their lives. This can lead to feelings of hopelessness and despair, which can prevent them from taking positive steps to improve their situation. I think, uh, just to be very clear here, when you read these sorts of articles, you can't go, he's bashing the poor. He's saying, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, this is just laying out what could be the case. Yep. So leading I, to feelings of hopelessness. I know when I've been poor, like, I've felt hopeless, like, fuck, 
you know, this is shit, I'm not going to get those things, like, how do they have that, and I don't have this, and, mm. and so I can understand this. Privileged fuckers. Yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> blame, excuse, deny, whatever, really, you know, I didn't have any excuses, but I was finding them, but we'll get to that. So this person said who, people who were middle class, now we're onto the middle class, had a more moderate mindset and believed hard work and determination could lead to success, mm. and I reckon this would be the bulk of listeners to keep the change would either be like technically to this person middle class and they are like fuck something's broken I want more and they're trying to become more wealthy with their thinking their resources their finances and whatnot. I don't think poor people by this person's definition they wouldn't listen to this because it would conflict too much with what they're saying because I think a lot of the things that I speak about and you too we are either speaking about the way middle class people to this person or wealthy people which we'll get to would think so if a poor person by this person's explanation was listening they'd be like fuck these guys like that's not how the world is yeah it's actually way more scarce easy for them to say etc but the middle class see the world as a place of opportunities but also recognize there are limits and obstacles that must be overcome they are more likely to believe that they have some control over their lives and can take steps to improve their situation now i've been in those shoes and i've i've you know i've kind of felt like that my whole life i'm sort of thinking there's got to be I'll see things and think it has to be possible because they've done it. So I know that my way of thinking is either limiting me from yeah. getting it or accepting it. I've been like playing with that barrier there that he's talking about for since since like starting a business and stuff and probably only over the last 12 months I'm like really like, oh, there actually is no limits. But it took me like four or five years to yeah. get into that space. It is hard because yeah, you... Man. You come from where you came from and your level of thinking and how you've, you know, like conditioned that or whatever it is. And so that is how you're going to see the world, I think. Yeah. Um, but middle class people may also feel a sense of stagnation where they may see they are unable to progress to reach their goals. And I think we spoke about this recently where you might earn 100K in New Zealand, you're doing all the right things, get to the end of the year, you save 10 grand and you're like, well, what the fuck? Mm. Like, what? I've done everything right here. I don't have consumer debt and stuff. I've got a good job, good, good income. Well, where's my batch at? Mm. Where, like, where, where are the things that I want? Can I have them yet? Should I? Shouldn't I? Um, can't buy a home? Or like, how do I reach financial independence? All those different types of things. So that's a, a really interesting point there. Now, onto the wealthy. It says, the wealthy, on the other hand, tend to have a growth mindset, 100% agree, where they see the world as a place of endless opportunities and resources. <clears throat> now, Mikey's lighting up. They believe... <laughs> that they have the power to shape their own lives and that their success is not limited by external factors. This mindset can lead them to take risks and pursue their goals with confidence. They can contribute to their overall success and prosperity. I think that's a very good line. They This can contribute to their overall success and prosperity. So basically, the way they see the world is that they have a growth mindset, so they're constantly wanting to grow and educate themselves. They see the world as a place of endless opportunities and resources, they believe that they have the power to shape their own lives and that their success is not limited by external factors. This mindset can lead them to take risk and pursue their goals with confidence. It really is, because you can, you can look at countless, countless stories of uh, you know, super wealthy people and they, they've all got these stories. I think someone was on a podcast the other day, they're like, oh, Jeff Bezos is the only like, super billionaire that doesn't have a, a big failure story, and all the others do. Yeah. Um, Bezos will have stuff inside Amazon that hasn't worked, and he's had to cut the pin on it. But basically, he's you know the first thing he started, he got right, which is very rare. Mm. And he took a long time too, though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and these people, 
have a failure, they get back up and they're like, nah, growth and prosperity, let's roll. And it's just ingrained in them and they're just like, you can't fail. Yeah. You know, it's just time and value. So no matter where you sit on this scale and you're listening, whether you think in this person's explanation as a poor person, a middle class person or a wealthy person, I think your challenge should always be to not dismiss this information. Like this is someone's summary of what they've learned or figured out. Yeah, they're just talking about from their experience and that's their opinion that they've built on it. And I think I could write an article about some of our clients and group them into these kind of stages and it would probably come out relatively the same. Now, well, yeah, you, you're, you'd be talking to people all the time and be seeing what everyone has, like personal different barriers, right? Yeah, yeah, that's quite interesting. I get that in mortgages. I'm like, well, you can just do more. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny. Um, but, uh, I mean, some of it's age-related. Like, I see a, a lot of younger people that just haven't broken down any barriers yet, um, yep. like mental barriers. And, it, and you know, I, I we were saying off the mic before, like, I just, it took me a while. Like, I've had them had them for ages, and I'm finally, like, I feel like I'm finally unlocking this fucking door to, <laughs> to blow stuff up. Um, like, if I read this again to you just very quickly, the wealthy, on the other hand, tend to have a growth mindset where they see the world as endless opportunities and resources. They believe that they have the power to shape their own lives and that success is not limited by external factors. That mindset can lead them to take risks and pursue their goals with confidence. It's basically, like, you do not get taught that. You do not get taught in New Zealand to be confident it's like, oh, don't fucking come on, mate. Like, you know, who do you think you are? Um, that there's endless opportunities and resources. Well, at the moment, we're all like going the other way. Oh, shit, we're going to run out of everything. Yeah, yeah, You've yeah. got to be careful. Um, oh, keep learning. Oh, you don't have to do that. Like, go to uni. Like, go to school. Go to uni. Yeah. Then you, you should be sweet. Like, you should deserve to get paid six figures. Yeah, I feel like um, that Dana White podcast that we were speaking about the other day, like, he is the antithesis of that sentence, right? Yeah. He's like, in his head, he, like, cannot run out of money because he'll just make more. And he was just like, he is that. Like, mm. I'll just grow more, make more, and that'll be sweet. Yeah. Like, how you have to be so confident in your skill set and everything that you're doing to be able to pull that off, you know? Now, let's just take a different lens on this for a second and say, well, I don't believe that. I didn't grow up learning that. I cannot, like, that's full of shit. That's not for me. I don't reckon the world works that way. Um, and maybe you think that's just greedy people and people that are in business and people that want heaps of shit, materialistic people, like whatever it is that your lens is. I would like to tell you right now that the government think like a wealthy person. Now let me read this to you again. The government, on the other hand, tend to have a growth mindset where they see the world as a place of endless opportunities and resources. They believe that they have the power to shape their own lives, and that their success is not limited by external factors. This mindset can lead them to take risks and pursue their goals with confidence. This can contribute to their overall success and prosperity. Now, why I say this is because if the government didn't believe that you could continue to grow an economy, grow the country, aim for prosperity, why would they borrow money from the future and print a stack load of money and keep the country going and try and blow it up and get it bigger? Mm. They, they wouldn't do that. That wouldn't be something that you would do because you would say, No, we you, can't we can't do that. Do you reckon they've thought about that? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> but no. I know a lot of people will think they won't like I don't not keep the change listeners, they'll be understanding a lot of these principles, I think, but they'll be thinking that's not how it works, the world is scarce and whatnot. But really the government are gambling on 
the current and future generations to be able to repay debt and keep a country going and collect the taxes mm. and do all of that stuff via taking from the future by printing money, creating money mm. and doing these things. So they're still obviously thinking about like growth and whatnot uh, and, and prosperity for a nation. How mm. they manage that cash is, of course, uh, another story. Yeah, that's a different, different pot. <laughs> <laughs> but they're obviously thinking bigger rather than smaller, I think. Uh, anyway, this article goes on to say that wealthy people viewed money as a tool that allowed them to achieve their goals and might see it as a means to an end. I don't even know what that means, might see it as a means to an end. But anyway, I, that's something I've noticed. People that have money, they're like, it's, it helps them. It's a tool, nothing more, nothing less. It basically just helps them do the things that they want to do. Yeah, it's funny, eh? Once you get a bit of um, like material success, like a lot of things stops, you stop caring for. Yeah, well, I heard, I was going for a swim today at the beach. House sitting at Omaha, very yeah. wealthy area, especially this time of year. I was walking back, there was a lady talking to another couple of people. I was talking about, I think, how her daughter or someone is, is off working overseas at the moment. She said, yeah, so we're going to go and spend two months with her over in Vancouver. Mm. And I'm thinking, like, my scarce brain kicks back in from growing up yeah. with, you know, <laughs> like, minimal family holidays and stuff. I'm thinking, fucking two months, you're going to go and hang out with your child that has gone and worked somewhere and you can afford to do that and I used to look at that and be like oh you know fucking rich people you know negative blah 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 now I'm like I wonder what they do yeah. like, how can they do that holy shit two months like I don't know if I could take two months off Is are they retired are they semi-retired like <laughs> you know my brain just goes to a completely different place now but you know for a lot of people they would never be able to dream of taking two months off and ever yeah yeah let alone go and I just you know, go stay in a foreign country, pay the accommodation and whatever and live like that and just leave everything back home there for a couple of months and then come back. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy when you think about it, but all that stuff is very possible. But to her, that would just be normal. And it yep. would be like, and maybe to the person she was telling, like they're just in a completely different world from what I used yeah, to and the, be in. And when you sort of, I guess, I don't have an example personally like that, but I can imagine... Um, like when you achieve that kind of material success, it's not even really about the travel or being able to leave. It'll be catching up with the person they're going to catch up with. Exactly. But yeah. it, but the money is the part that allows the freedom to do that. And yeah. It's just a tool to yep. be able to do that. So they're trading their cash for time with their child overseas, doing whatever, paying for food, accommodation, etc. Right. So we go on to say that uh, the wealthy people may also be more likely to invest their money in order to grow their wealth and create financial security for themselves and their loved ones. Keyword there being invest, invest their money in order to grow it because they've got a growth mindset. Often the difference between poor people, rich people and middle class people isn't how much money they have or even how much they make. The difference between these people is what they believe is actually the purpose of money. Whoa. Now that's an interesting one. Because mm. what this person's saying earlier is, you know, People oh, were saying survival versus yeah, necessity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a necessity, whereas someone's like, well, actually, it's just a tool to then try and multiply it so that yeah. I can go to Vancouver for two weeks, yeah. see my, my son or my daughter. Um, so someone with str- are struggling might believe the purpose of money was to pay bills. So therefore, the only reason they go to work to earn money is to pay their bills and then to hand it over to someone else. This is usually repeated week and week after and year after mm-hmm. year. The middle class person often has a different belief and thinks that the purpose of money is so they can get good credit. This will then allow them to borrow money to buy things they wouldn't otherwise be able to afford and then pay it off over time. Wow, that's a trigger warning, yeah. isn't it? Because <laughs> it's my whole industry, mate. <laughs> yeah, because that is what a lot of us do. You know, we're tall, technically middle class. A lot of us where we think, okay, 
I want to try and get a good amount, earn a good amount of money. And I did this uh, as I increased my earning capability. I'd always be like, fuck, I wonder how much debt I can get now. What's mm. my, oh, Q card give me a 15K limit. I'm like, wow, you mm. beauty. Like, I'm, I'm clocking it here. I can buy this shit. And then the same people, okay, the first question I'm sure most people when they go to buy a house of you is, hey, uh, how much can I borrow? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So we then get trapped in that middle class type thinking, right? But rich people understand or believe that the purpose of money is to turn it into more money. So they're going to earn or create their money, hold on to some of it, and then turn it into more. They're going to hold on to it longer, and rather than them working for more money, they will find ways to make money work for them. They're going to take every $100 they've saved, and their aim is to turn it into more. That's the mindset that's necessary to understand investing and becoming wealthy over time. Warren Buffett, anybody. Fowler said, recognizing the differences... Oh, shit, now I've just revealed it. <laughs> My bad. Anyway, uh, the differences could help people from all backgrounds achieve their goals. So what this person is trying to say is, like, can you see how you may think and what might be getting you stuck? And if you could think a little bit differently, it could help you from background, uh, from all backgrounds achieve their goals. It's important to remember that one's circumstances are not the defining feature of who they are, and there can be more to a person than meets the eye. It is important to note that these are generalizations and not applicable to every person in every case. People from different backgrounds and situations may have diverse perspectives and stories. Now, this is where the article takes a little bit of a turn because then a financial coach steps in and has obviously then had a look at this and says she agrees that mindset matters. She wrote a book in 2008 explaining the importance of money personalities. I wrote this book after observing through my work as a financial advisor that the amount of wealth you create in your lifetime has very little to do with how much money you earn or what your educational qualifications are and a lot to do with your attitude towards and relationship with money. Mm. The, t- the two key determinants of your money personality are your willingness to take risk and your desire to create wealth. Those who are highly successful at wealth creation are not afraid of risk and have a strong desire to create wealth. Of course, when you take risk, you don't do so blindly. Successful wealth creators do their research and have a very good understanding of risk and potential outcomes, both good and bad. They take calculated risks, which we spoke about recently, minimizing your downside. People who are less successful at creating wealth are generally either more conservative or more, more focused on enjoying life here and now rather than building, life to, uh, building wealth to enjoy their life later on. So that's now. We've gone from someone who uh, has done well in life and then analyzing potentially the different ways to be able to do that, to now a financial coach who's written a book trying to explain this. Now we get into a researcher. Oh. And I don't know what the fuck a researcher is or where they kind of come from. Be an academic with a few models. (laughs) Now they say that this theory, here we go, of course, risk justifying inequality. It surfaces incorrect explanations that wealthy people are well off because they are smarter, think better, while poorer people are poor because they are different because of their choices or how they think and what they don't understand. It's an easier and shallower explanation than the environmental factors that lead to differences in wealth, such as if people start with more capital they can borrow against to make more from, or if people are born into environments where there is more experience and familiarity with the financial systems they know how to make them work for them, or that economic policies we have benefit people who already have money, while income support policies punish people who don't. People love to talk about individual effort and difference as opposed to systematic and structural ones because it is easier to see and name doesn't make it true. However, I could have told you that was what the researcher was going to write. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is what I often see with Keep the Change stuff, where 
80% of people that are following Keep the Change, like probably a higher rate actually, but you know, I might put something that's kind of borderline a little bit controversial on the story or whatever. And most people are like, yeah, fuck yeah, you know, like it is possible, yeah, great stuff, like, yep. And then there's always this kind of hang on, and it's usually a, ends up in a message request because they've never messaged before, and mm. it's this massive explanation of you've completely missed out disabled people or something like this. And I'm like, whoa, like, where is this? Yeah. You know, like, where has this come from? Um, but I think it's a, it's a very interesting article where it's basically laying out from one person their three definitions of poor people or how they'd bracket them, not definitions, but poor people, middle-class people, and wealthy people. Mm. And then how you think in each of those. And you should be able to read that and be like, you know what, I'll take all the emotion out of this. I do think like that. Yeah, mindset's a funny one, eh? Because um, it doesn't, like... Going back to disabled people, even if you are disabled in a wheelchair, it doesn't serve you positively to continually use that as an excuse why you can't get ahead in society. Like, if you sit there and stew on the fact that, like, you know, I can't do this because I'm in a wheelchair, I can't do this because I'm in a wheelchair. Mate, I know a guy that's in a wheelchair, and he's a weapon, eh? Same. He will have, like, he does more than me. Yeah. Like, physically. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's pretty impressive. It's quite Mm. embarrassing for me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that's, like, the mindset thing, you know. And um, I don't even like people talking like that about, you know, the equality and things because it's like if I was a disabled person and I was saying, oh, you're not thinking about the disabled. If I was that disabled person, I'd be like, that's offensive Mm. because, you know, you're saying that I'm shit. That it's not possible for me. Yeah, because my mindset's gangster and I'm about to go play basketball even though I'm in a fucking wheelchair, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, I don't like that. I I also... Hmm, that last paragraph real fired me up. I I, I thought it might. (laughs) I thought it might. I also don't even like the word mindset. Don't you? Nah. I think LinkedIn uses it too much and it's pissed me off. Yeah. 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 I've spent a bit of time. What, what would you call it instead? The way you see things. Well, or? it's all very well just telling someone. You know, it's kind of like me saying to someone, "Oh, you need to provide value," but it's not really helping. Got you. Unless I break it down and talk about the value equation, and then you understand what it is and where you're trying to take someone. So if I say to someone, "You need to have a better mindset," that's really hard for people to unpack, right? Got you. So I always, I've been thinking about mindset because I've been seeing it everywhere. It's, it's like the buzzword. It's the buzzword at the moment. Um, and I've actually, th- it's, I don't even know we're going to do this pod, but I've been thinking about it over the break. And it's a, y- you, a, a bad mindset is basically the product of average habits. And if you change your habits, you have no option but to change your mindset. Mm. Um, like bad habits will always lead to bad results. Like if you have the mindset of like, oh, you know, I can't do this or, you know, the society doesn't allow for this, then you're never going to fix anything. That That's like inversion thinking. Like, if I want to stay broke like I am currently now, yep. I should keep doing this shit. Mm. You know, but so go and do the opposite. Um, and it's, a, I think, building building little habits compound and that's how you break through barriers yep. of mindset because it's very hard. I I agree with people because I've done it myself when they say like things that, that you can see there's barriers that once personally you've crossed through them you're like nah man keep going because yeah. you can get to the other side of this trust me mm. um, because I've been in that position as well like it is hard to 
to grow a brand or it is hard to, you know, make extra money or whatever the, the barrier is. Client yeah, anything you like that. Save your first 10 grand. Like, take what All you've saved four times things. by 10. Save it. Save 40%. And you know? it's really hard to explain to people, like, just change your mindset because you can save 10 grand and once you get there, it gets really easy or whatever it mm. is. Like, it just doesn't work like that. You just have to build up the habits of, like, I'm going to do an automatic payment. I'm going to learn about, you know, term deposits. I'm going to do this. I'm going to put all of these things into place. And, yep. and they do compound. Yeah, they do. And it's the only way that you can actually break down barriers to allow you into the mind, into good mindset. Yeah. Because um, you can't just wake up one day and be like, I'm going to make a million dollars this year. Yeah. Like you have to, you have to be laying foundations and things first. Mm. Um, I've had, I've had like a, I remember a moment when in my life when I was like, Fuck, I can't keep having this problem. What would such and such do? Someone Oh nice. Yeah, I remember it really clearly. And I'd be like, they would they wouldn't be handling it this way. You know, they have a they have five hundred million dollars or whatever. So and if the, if I had five hundred million and while I was that person and I kept having the same issue over and over, they'd handle it a different way. And I started handling that certain thing in that way that I made up in my mind how I thought they would do it. Nice. And it started. And that was like the first time I guess that's a mindset change in a way, thinking about how, like it's a great way, like if you've got a problem um, with saving ten, saving 10 grand, think to yourself like how would Warren Buffett fix the scenario if he started at zero? Mm. You know, he'd, he'd probably start saving 40% of his income or something until he got there. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, you can't make $100 billion overnight. There has to be foundations and, yeah, you have to set expectations, but it, yeah, mindset it comes from good habits, eh? And, and breaking down barriers, and then once you've got once you've got these good habits in place, they build a foundation, and you can always walk along the foundation and step back on it if you have to. But it's there. Mate, I'll use a different analogy because this is something I often speak to clients about. And I think when you first get going with anything that is habit related, you're basically standing at the top of a mountain, and you get the habit is you getting a little ball of snow. And you sit that thing on the top of the mountain. And you're like, this motherfucker is not moving anywhere. <laughs> and you think, well, this is kind of shit. Like, I've done it now. I made the snowball. Why isn't it going down the mountain? <laughs> and then you realize, well, I need to compact this. So you need to actually keep adding to it. And so it needs to be, well, it's not big enough yet, is it? The habit has to get bigger. And so then you start doing that. And then you think, right, like I'm going to spend a bit more time like making sure I get this right. Oh, there's actually a rock just in front of here as well. That's probably going to slow me down. I'll get that out of the way before the snowball gets there. And so you start adding to this habit and you start getting it bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden this thing starts fucking rolling. Mm. And you're going, oh, shit, I'm getting some momentum here. Yeah, and it's some results. sometimes it's surprising, right? Yeah. You're like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> it's turned up. <laughs> and you're thinking, okay. I just got to keep kicking this thing. So then I'm like to the client, you, you, you know that it's working, the habit's working, cool, we've broken the back of it, we can see it moving, let's kick this thing further down the hill. And so then you're behind it and you're pushing and you're pushing and we see this in movies and the snowball starts getting bigger and you're thinking, fucking how good's this? Like how's all this shit happening? But it was all the effort back at the top yeah. that started to get it going, right? And then the beauty is at some stage, instead of pushing the snowball, you realise I don't need to push this thing. It's going. It's rolling on its own. 
what I need to do is run fucking fast, get in front of this thing, and cut the path, and figure out where the fuck do I want the snowball yeah, to go. Yeah, I was just about to say, that rock that you moved out at the start, that's your, it's your preempting of what's coming, and yeah. then you get into that mindset once the snowball starts rolling, you've got to move all the rocks. Mm. And yeah. so then you want to cut your path and go, well, where do we actually want this thing to go? Because this thing is a rolling beast, mm. Mm. and you want to be carving your path, and sometimes it'll start going the, the way that it's not supposed to go, and then you'll know, right, I need, to, I need to get it back on, or it might flatten out a bit, and you've got to get behind it again and push it down. And I think it's just such a simple analogy to remember because it's so applicable to just about everything we always do. And where I don't like this sort of, people love to talk about individual effort and difference as opposed to systematic and structural ones because it is easier to see a name. doesn't make it true, however. Well, the last thing I want to hear, if I want to be successful, get myself out of my poor mindset where I had a 15 grand credit card, where I had basically got all the consumer debt that I could, was doing heaps of dumb shit, wasn't doing heaps of any good habits or anything, was basically living week to week, even though I earned good money. The last thing I want to hear, no matter what situation I'm in, whether I'm on a benefit or whatever, is, hey, mate, this is actually a systematical and structural issue. Don't worry about it, because A, no one's ever going to fix it for you, so you're forever fucked. I want to know, you know what, mate? This sucks, sucks ass, and, you know, maybe uh, you can do something about it yourself, and maybe you as an individual can change your own path and you can figure out where you want your snowball to end up on the path. Mm. Do, is there a name of this researcher? <laughs> we can't be reading out people's names. <laughs> like if people Google, Google the article, they'll be able to get it. I don't even know where this person's from. But like, I, I know what they're saying because I hear this argument all the time. Like, oh, no, wealthy people aren't wealthy because mm. of what they've done. It's like where they came from or they had it easy or they got lucky or they inherited Top some money. Top-down economics. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're ignoring, the fact, ignoring the fact that, you know, it's, it's, they need to change the system, change the structure. I don't know if you went away and watched the um, lift to lead of the South African guy yet? No. Not yet? Okay, we'll come to that. But if you have out there, or if you haven't, go and watch that. Because those are the people, like, I always find it funny when these people, these researchers and stuff, basically explain, like, uh, individual effort doesn't work because it's actually systematic and structural. I love stories of people that have gone... How come we have so many stories of that then? And why are they so inspiring? Yeah. And why do they get knighted? Why do they become captains? Why do they become leaders? Yeah. Why do we look up to them? Like, it's that argument's so fucking flawed. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I, I've never, like, tried to find some wealthy dude and gone, hey, how did you get your wealth? And they go, oh, I actually inherited it all. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, fucking, that was probably, what can I learn from you? Or like, mm-hmm. yeah, I ended up blowing it all because, like, I didn't actually learn how to make that money, so I ended up getting a massive drug and gambling habit and I, I rinsed the whole lot and my family real disappointed and now you know I'm actually a crack addict and my family hate me I'm like seen seen those stories probably not who I'm going to learn from I'm like cool yes, I'm like well so I'm like well John thank you for telling that as you put another heroin needle into your arm I feel sorry for you because do you actually understand that the systematic and structural uh, environment that you live in actually added to this and your individual efforts won't have any help in bringing you back to uh, normality, mate. Like, it's so fucking stupid. It's just another way for us to be like, oh, good, I don't need to take any accountability or ownership for the situation I'm in Mm. because the government fucked me over, the capitalistic society I live in, this nation, or if only I lived in Australia, it would be different, like, whatever. You're just going, cool, sweet, there's my reason not to have a crack Mm. because it's not going to matter. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Luke's rant. <laughs> Didn't even finish my coffee. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I just, I hate people having power taken away from them just because someone's decided to research that things can't work when there's mm. so many examples of things working. And yes, there are always people that are going to slip through the cracks. There's always people that like, there's always going to be someone it. who loses, man. Because like you say, you know, if you're, if you don't understand or learn how to change your mindset, like if you genuinely believe like the homeless person who busts to midday instead of to the end of the day, that it's just actually to get the cash to then go and get some more marijuana or whatever and alcohol and enjoy the afternoon and then baby, I had a great fucking day. I'm going to go do that again the next day. Like that is what you'll do. And that's 100%. Yeah. And like, is that right or wrong? Like we're not here saying that's right or wrong. That's what they've decided to do. But someone could try and tell them, hey, there is a better way. And I see Christian type people will go and meet with homeless people and try and get them into like a different way and whatnot. And it's just like, um, it's, maybe they don't want that. So then they don't do it. Mm. But if you want something more, don't listen to this bullshit that it's not possible because someone <laughs> fucking studies at something that basically will tell you that no. Because they're probably not even, the research probably isn't even directed at you, but you're grabbing onto it being like, oh, well, that person said that it's not possible. So it can't be. So I'll just sit back and... Yeah, don't allow it to be an excuse really. Because um, we, we love to hang on to a, a negative excuse for our failures rather than taking self-responsibility. There we go. Radio Rihanna, pour it up. I like this one. It's a good day. Yeah. Was it strippers and something? <laughs> something about the strippers going up and down the poles? Not familiar, mate. I'd have to Google some, Google some images of that. Call Jay up and close the deal. I still got my money.